1 Samuel chapter number 18. Chapter 17 is the account of David slaying Goliath. And chapter number 18, a little bit of time has passed, not very much. And we see David is brought into the king's house. And David, the giant killer, finds himself in a spot where his pride and his popularity and his position is tried. But we also meet up with Saul, King Saul, who is now battling deeply with rage and jealousy and a number of other things because like David, his pride, his popularity, and his position is being challenged. In this passage of Scripture, we see two responses to very similar circumstances. And as you probably already know, David comes out on top and Saul fades into the shadows because he responds the wrong way. A number of times in this chapter of Scripture, there's a phrase, and I think you'll see as we read it together. Multiple times in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says that David behaved himself wisely. And that's the title of tonight's message. David behaved himself wisely. In contradiction to that, Saul did not. And we'll see the product of responding to the challenge of our pride wisely as opposed to responding to the challenge of our pride sinfully. David ends victorious. Saul the loser. It has everything to do with their response. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter number 18, beginning in verse 1, it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very wroth. And the saying displeased him. And he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul. And he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as at other times. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. 
Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord was with him. Wherefore when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. And Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter, Merab, her will I give thee to wife. Only be thou valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, Let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. And David said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? But it came to pass at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given unto Adriel, the Maholathite, to wife. And Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. And Saul said, I will give him her, that she may be a snare to him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain. And Saul commanded his servant, saying, Commune with David secretly, and say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee, and all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servant spake those words in the ears of David. And David said, Seemeth it to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing that I am a poor man and lightly esteemed? And the servants of Saul told him, saying, on this manner David spake. And Saul said, Thus shall ye say to David, The king desireth not any dowry, but an hundred foreskins of the Philistines, to be avenged of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. And when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law. And the days were not expired. Wherefore David arose and went, he and his men and slew the Philistines two hundred men. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full tale to the king, that he might be the king's son-in-law. And Saul gave him Michael, his daughter, to wife. And Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. Then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. Many times, you see it over and over again, God wants us to know that David behaved himself wisely. And equally, I believe that God wants us to know that Saul was full of anger and jealousy and was afraid. And through this story, there are so many fascinating things that go on here and so many details I'd like to share with you. But I want to stay with the message and bring to you the story in this text. We come here in the beginning, the first four verses, we have the record of Jonathan, the son of Saul, and David and their friendship. Friendship. Two times in the first four verses, the Bible says that Jonathan, Saul's son, loved David. They covenanted together 
and become great friends. We see throughout this story that God uses Jonathan and David's friendship in a very special way. We come to verse 5. The Bible says that David went whither so Saul went, sent him and behaved himself wisely. David is now in the king's house. I don't know if you remember this, but just before David steps out on the battlefield and he's having communication with the other soldiers around, they said, Saul has promised anybody that kills Goliath, he'll get a daughter of the king to marry. He'll have riches and wealth and fame. And You remember that? This is kind of interesting to me. A little bit later in the story, Saul promises David that he can have Merab, his daughter. But then Saul, being a scoundrel, gives Merab to somebody different. And then he finds out that Michael loves David and gives Michael to be his wife anyway. And David is concerned. He is very concerned. He says, it's no light thing to be the son-in-law of a king. He says, I'm poor. And my family's lightly esteemed. I don't know about you, but when David says, I'm poor, I'm reminded of something. I think David was promised something he didn't get. He was promised just because he killed Goliath, he'd be able to marry one of the king's daughters. And he'd have great riches. But he's already killed Goliath and now he's worried because he's too poor to pay a dowry to marry the king's daughter. I think Saul's a scoundrel. He went back on his promises, didn't he? So, in the story, David behaves himself wisely over and over again. We have this famous moment when David and his armies are greeted and Saul's present. They come in from battle and the women are singing. Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens of thousands and Saul is full of anger and jealousy. In an attempt to help Saul with the evil spirit, there was a time a while back that David could play cunningly on the harp and the spirit of Saul would be consoled. But in verse number 10, something terrible happens. There's a javelin in Saul's hand as he listens to David play and Saul is so full of rage because he so hates David that he attempts to pin David against the wall and kill him and run him through with a javelin. Here's an interesting thought thought I saw in verse number 11. The Bible says Saul cast the javelin for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Look at there. Two things kind of come to mind. The first thing is Saul tried to kill him twice. When you're full of rage, you do dumb things over and over again. The other thing I see is God spared David's life twice. Saul cast a javelin twice. The Bible says in verse 12 that Saul was afraid of David. David behaved himself wisely. Saul saw that David behaved himself wisely. Saul was extra afraid of him. The Bible says in verse 16 that all of Israel and Judah loved David. There's something that happens in this passage of Scripture over and over again. Two times the Bible says that Jonathan, Saul's son, loved David. In this verse, verse number 16, the Bible says that all of Israel and Judah loved David. Two times the Bible says that Michael, Saul's daughter, 
loved David. It's sweet. David marries Michael. Or I should say this, David is promising he can marry Michael, but Saul has a plan. He says, you can marry Michael, and you don't have to give me a dowry. I know you're poor. I know I cheated you out of the wealth that I was supposed to give you for killing Goliath. I know you're poor. I don't need a dowry. What I want you to do, buddy, is I want you to take your men, and I want you to go out and kill 100 Philistines 100 uncircumcised Philistines, and as proof of the kill, I want you to bring their foreskins to me. And so David, with his men, wage a war with the Philistines, and David being the kind of guy, I love the spirit of David. Saul said, bring me 100. You know what David did? He brought in 200. He went the extra mile. Saul the whole time thinks, oh man, if I send him out here, the Philistines will kill him and I won't have to. To make a long story short, David marries Michael. David responds to being shorted his reward. He responds to being attacked with a javelin. He responds to the anger and the fear and the bitterness of Saul time and time and time again with a spirit that pleases the Lord. As a matter of fact, many times in this passage of Scripture, the Bible says the Lord was with David. And when David's pride, his position and his popularity was challenged, he responded correctly and God blessed him. When Saul's pride, position, and popularity was challenged, he responded incorrectly. And I want to take a few minutes to just work our way through this text and show you the differences between Saul's response and David's. The first point that I'd like to make is just simply Saul. Saul, when his pride, position, and popularity is challenged, he fails on every hand. Have you ever had your pride challenged? It's awful, isn't it? I was just thinking about times that my pride's been checked. And I do have a really funny story of when my pride... It happens occasionally. It's been a little while, but I hate when this happens. How many of your pride get checked when you're out driving? Uh, Really, I don't have a road rage issue, I promise. But I do get a little hot around the collar sometimes. You know something that just drives me nuts? There are times... When I will accidentally cut somebody off or accidentally pull out in front of somebody. I don't do it all the time, but it happens. And all God's people said, amen. Because I know you do it too. You know what drives me crazy? It's happened a few times in my driving career that I'll pull out in front of somebody. And it's some little tiny spunky lady. And she gets so mad. I mean, she's about that big. She's got her seat pulled up to the steering wheel, and she's driving like this. And I make her so mad that she wants to blow the horn and give me unkind gestures and make mean faces and just fuss. And I'm thinking to myself, you little tiny thing. 
you shouldn't do that to big, burly men like me. You're going to get yourself hurt. And I think it just bothers me that she would give me a hard time. Get our pride checked. You know what? I hate getting my pride checked. Ooh, I hate it. I hate when somebody at a restaurant or somebody that's a server or somebody has something smart to say. It just gets under my skin. And my flesh wants to react one way, and the Spirit knows that I should react another way altogether. And in this passage of Scripture, Saul's pride is checked. Because God's chosen David is going to be the next king of Israel. God's chosen David is going to be blessed by God. God's chosen David is going to go through the process and ascend the ranks to become the next king. And Saul doesn't like it. And in response to God's evident blessing on Saul's life, on David's life, Saul responds the wrong way. I want to show you a few things. When his pride, his position, and his popularity is challenged, the first way he responds is in anger. Verse number 8, the Bible says, In verse 8, Saul was very wroth. These ladies had just sang their song. Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. And the Bible says Saul was very angry. He was wroth and the saying displeased him. The first way that he responded to his pride being checked was anger and displeasure. Now, folks, I want you to know something. That's natural. But you should know that that's the moment in which you should get your pride in check. Anger primarily is wrong. There is a righteous indignation. But I'll just have you know something. Most of the time when we get miffed and upset and angry about things, it's our pride. The Bible says only by pride comes contention. And pride is something that boils up in our hearts and stirs up strife and causes problems. You won't believe what she said. You won't believe what they did. You won't believe that that woman acted that way when I just basically barely pulled out in front of her. And we get mad. What's Saul do? His pride was checked and it made him angry. Those ladies sang. How should he should have he responded? He should have been praising the Lord that God sent David along in time to kill that Goliath giant that had been threatening the armies of Israel and had caused every other soldier in his army, including himself, to tremble in their boots. But he wasn't thankful. He was angry. He responded in anger. He responded in jealousy. Though the Bible says in verse 9, And Saul eyed David from that day forward. He had a jealous eye. I've tried my best to to get a mental picture of what that looks like. But every time David came in, he's just like, he just looked at him, stared him down across the room. You ever had anybody give you mean looks every time you walk in the room? That ain't no fun. He was so angry. He was so jealous. Folks, I want you to know something. If you catch yourself with that spirit, that is not a spirit that pleases the Lord. You have no right to have that spirit towards anyone. Do you understand that? And if you do, if your heart is full of anger and displeasure and jealousy, 
Let me tell you something. Your pride is being checked, and you are failing the test, and you're following the footsteps of King Saul, who ultimately destroys himself because of his response. How else did he respond? When his pride and position and popularity is challenged, he is violent. He is repeatedly violent. Two times David escapes his javelin. Verse number 11, the Bible says, Saul cast the javelin. It's a progression. You see this? You see, when we first respond in pride and to, to our pride being challenged, it's anger and it's inside. And then it begins to show up outside with the eyes. And the next thing you know, it affects our actions. When his pride was checked, he became violent. The fourth thing, he became afraid and paranoid. I want you to see this over and over again. The Bible wants us to know what kind of shape Saul was in. In verse number 12, the Bible says Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. And was departed from Saul. In verse 15. Wherefore when Saul saw that he, was, that he behaved himself very wisely. He was afraid of him. Now I thought this was pretty interesting. Verse 15. Do you know that David was able to intimidate his enemy? Just by the mere fact that he behaved himself wisely. David behaved himself wisely. And Saul was intimidated by it. And Saul was afraid. The longer the situation went on, the more fearful Saul became. Have you ever thought about this? Saul was a man that was a head taller than everybody around him. He was a man that had great strength and ability. He was the king of Israel with servants galore. And he's scared to death of a little shepherd boy. Fear. Folks, I want you to know something. When you behave unwisely, when you act like Saul and you respond to the pride checks that come to all of us, little and big, before you know it, fear is a captive. Fear captures you. You become paranoid. You, don't have, you have the sense you cannot trust anyone. And folks, that's just not true. He was afraid and paranoid. Verse number 29, the Bible says, Saul was yet the more afraid of David. And Saul became David's enemy continually. Saul was afraid and paranoid. He was spiritually cold. In verse number 12, the Bible says, Saul was afraid of David. And the Lord, because the Lord was with him, with David, and was departed from Saul. He became spiritually cold. There was a time in Saul's life where he was interested in spiritual things. He was never a spiritual giant. There was a time when he was interested in spiritual things. There was a time when God was using him. There was a time when God was blessing him. But I want you to know something. His pride got checked and he responded to that pride check in such a way that he lost the power and blessing of God. And folks, I'm confident it's something that happens to men who stand in pulpits like this one. And Christians who sit in pews like those. Our response to our pride being checked, our positions and popularities being challenged. We respond the wrong way. It produces a spiritual coldness. It must be guarded against. How else did Saul respond 
I'll tell you, he responded with deceit, dishonesty, and evil. From verses 13 to 29, Saul does every awful thing you can imagine. Let's work through just a few of them. The Bible says in verse 13 that Saul removed David from him and made him a captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself in all his ways, wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. Why in the world did David get put in a position to lead a thousand soldiers into war? Because Saul wanted to get him dead. Saul wanted to kill him. The Bible says in verse 17, Saul said to David, Behold my elder daughter, Merab. You can have her. You can marry Merab. What did Saul do? He's deceptive and deceitful. He says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you Merab if you'll fight valiant for, valiantly for me. And he says in verse 17, look what Saul says. He says, I will give thee her to wife. Only be thou valiant for me. Fight the Lord's battles. For Saul said, let not mine hand be upon him, but let the hand of the Philistines be upon him. What do you want? He wanted to send him to war so that he would fight in order that he might be able to marry Merab so that he'd go and get dead. That plan didn't work, so he tries again. He says, okay, I'm going to give Merab to somebody else. I'll give you Michael to marry. And, David, and Saul knows Michael. I don't know, and I'm looking forward to studying more about Michael, so I'm not going to say too much. But Michael is an interesting character. Two times the Bible says Michael loved David. But there was some reason that Saul couldn't stand her. Saul said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my daughter, Michael. She is obnoxious. She will be a snare to you. She's going to wear that poor boy out. And since the Philistines can't kill him, there's no doubt that crazy daughter of mine can. How many of you ever had a daughter like that? I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. He says, I'll give you Michael. And his deceit and deceptiveness and his dishonesty and his evil spirit says, <laughs> Michael will be a snare to him in verse 21. And then he says, I know what else I can do. I'll send him, instead of a dowry, okay, you don't have a dowry. Instead of a dowry, I know what I can do. If you'll bring me back the foreskins of 100 uncircumcised Philistines. He basically sent them on a mission, kill 100 of the enemy and bring back the evidence. If you'll do that, then I'll give you Michael. And David being the man that he was, in spite of the times he's been deceived, in spite of the times he's been lied to, in spite of the times that Saul has abused him, in spite of the many times his pride's been checked, He's given a task by his authority. He says, that's fine, I'll bring him 200. And he does just that, and God spares his life every time. But Saul, he's overcome with deceit, dishonesty, and evil. And the end of Saul is fear and fret and worry and emptiness. And ultimately, he loses the very thing that he's holding on to so dearly. Folks, I want you to know something. If you respond to the 
your pride being tried and checked sinfully. It won't just stop with anger. It will spiral into something that you don't want to see and a person that you will not even recognize. But that's what sin does. Saul responded to his pride being tried, not wisely. And the end is his demise and his destruction. Point number one, Saul. Point number two, David. But then there was David. Wow. Then there was David. When I see all that Saul puts David through, I'm thinking to myself, my lands, this man has the patience of Job. Maybe we should start saying he has the patience of David. I really don't believe that David is naive to the devices of King Saul. I'm actually quite confident that David is keen on what he's doing but has more concern about being a man of integrity than he does being the king. He has more concern about being a man of integrity than he does about getting even. He has more concern about being a man of integrity than he does any type of popularity or prideful praise that could come from anybody. As a matter of fact, you know what I think about David? I think David is more interested in pleasing God than he is pleasing man. And I'll tell you something, that's an important place to be. David behaved himself wisely. David behaved himself wisely. David behaved himself wisely. And when his pride and his position and his popularity are tried, he behaves himself wisely every time. In verse 5, verse 14, verse 15, and verse 30, the Bible says David behaves himself wisely. Let me tell you something that happens when you behave yourself wisely. When you behave yourself wisely, you find out and you have some things that King Saul never got to experience. The first thing is true friends. When you behave yourself wisely and you're not so concerned about what you can get or you're not so concerned about you, you, you and your own pride and your own success and what your own name can produce. You're not concerned about self. You know what you find out? You have friends. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And the Bible spends the first four verses of this chapter in God's Word telling us that not only was David a great guy, but not only did David kill Goliath, but David was a man that had a friend. He had a friend that was willing and said he loved him. He had a friend that was willing to covenant with him. He had a friend that would be faithful to him. If you're worried about Stroking your own ego and your own pride. If you're worried about all, all the time about trying to please people. And, let me tell you something. You're going to find out that that does not produce friendship. It does not produce friends. But David, because he behaved himself wisely, he had a real friend. He finds true friendship. When you behave yourself wisely, you find true friendship. When you behave yourself wisely, you'll find out that the Lord is with you. In verse number 12, what the Bible says, Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. <laughs> Pretty nice to have the Lord with you. Verse 14, the Bible says, David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Look at verse 28, and Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. 
That Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him, and Saul was yet the more afraid. The Lord was with him. Let me tell you, when you respond to your pride being checked, humbly and graciously and correctly, behave yourself wisely. You can be sure of this, the Lord's with you. If there's ever a reason to humble yourself, here's your reason. If I will walk humbly before God and men, I have the promise that God is with me. If ever you're willing, if necessary, to play second fiddle in order to live righteously, you can be reminded of this fact that God is with you. If there's ever a reason to seek forgiveness or give it and swallow your pride, it's for the fact that God resisteth the proud but gives grace to the humble. And David, what happened? When David responded to being mistreated and abused, he found out that God was with him. That's good. It's wonderful. David, he behaved himself wisely. He found true friendship. He found out that the Lord was with him. He remained humble. Look at verse 18. David said unto Saul, Who am I? And what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be the son-in-law to the king? This is interesting to me. But over and over again, David is just, the only word I can come up with is bumfuzzled. It's a good one, right? It's a Greek word, I think. <laughs> He's just like blown away. Wow. I'm going to have a chance to be the king's son-in-law. I'll just tell you at this point in time, I wouldn't want anything to do with the king. He tried to kill me with a javelin twice. Yet David, in humility, still respected the office of the king of Israel and the fact that God had put him there. He says, my lands, this is why, who am I? You see the humility in his voice? Who am I that I should be son-in-law to the king? Look at verse 22. The Bible says, I'm sorry, verse 21. Saul said, I will give him her that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistine may be against him. Wherefore Saul said to David, Thou shalt this day be my son-in-law in the one of the twain, one way or the other. And Saul commanded his servant, saying, Commune with David secretly. Say, Behold, the king hath delight in thee. And all his servants love thee. Now therefore be the king's son-in-law. And Saul's servant spake those words in the ears of David. How's David going to respond? David, Saul had sent word, hey, he wants you to marry his daughter. He loves you. He was lying. He says, he loves you. He wants you to be his son-in-law. And David said, seemeth it to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law? See that I'm a poor man and lightly esteemed? Verse 26, when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to be the king's son-in-law. And the days were not expired. <laughs> David's just like, wow, I'm going to get to be the king's son-in-law. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was chasing after Ruth, I really liked my father-in-law. <laughs> but I was far more excited about marrying his daughter than I was being his son-in-law. <laughs> uh, but David, 
in irregardless to how wickedly King Saul had treated him, he just remained humble. He remained humble. He continued to respect the position and the authority of the king of Israel, even though he's a dirty, rotten scoundrel. He remained humble. And he gave deference and preference to somebody that even wanted him dead. Now look, you may say that's weak, but I say it's strong. He's a meek man. And God blessed him for it. God blessed him for it. He responded to his pride being checked. And he remained humble. There's another thing. David's pride was checked. His position, his popularity was tried. He maintained a good name. Do you know what Saul wanted? That day those ladies sang, David has killed his... Tens of thousands. Saul's killed his thousands. David's killed his tens of thousands. All Saul wanted, he wanted the praise of men. He wanted people to love him. He wanted people to follow him. He wanted control. He says, now that they've saying that, what? I mean, there's nothing else to do but give him the kingdom. Eventually, God's going to take it away from him and give it to him. It won't be long. They, Saul wanted so badly for people to like him. Let me tell you something. If you demand that people love you, they ain't going to. If you demand that people honor you, they're not going to. If you demand that people respect you, they may to your face, but that'll be the extent of it. But if you have a spirit and you react to your pride being checked and your position being challenged and your popularity potentially being stripped away, if you'll respond to that humbly, or like David did, he behaved himself wisely. You know what you'll get? I'll show you. <laughs> I love it. David could do no wrong. He swallowed his pride. He was humble and kind and sweet and over and over doing the right thing. The Bible says Jonathan loved him. The Bible says again, Jonathan loved him. Verse number 7, the Bible says, The women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. The women loved him. They cried out and praised him. Verse number 16, look what the Bible says. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before them. All of Israel loved him. Verse number 20, Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. Verse number 28, Saul, Saul, and knew that the Lord was with David and that Michael, Saul's daughter, loved him. Verse number 30. There's even a couple more that I didn't find, I didn't show you. Verse number 30, the chapter ends on this note. David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. And look what the Bible says. So that his name was much set by. That little phrase, set by, just literally means precious. Do you know what? The whole nation and all the servants of Saul, you know what they did? They saw David coming there and they're like, poof, 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 poof. I love him. 
That's somebody we can lead, we can follow. That's somebody that we can serve. That's somebody we can trust. That's somebody we can love. Why? Because when his pride was tested and challenged, his popularity and his position was threatened, you know what he did? He humbled himself before God. He behaved himself wisely. He trusted the Lord with the outcome of all the things that were ahead of him. And I'll just tell you something. Everything that David dreamed for and hoped for came to pass when he yielded his will and his way and his life to the Lord. And all along the way, the nation of Israel was cheering him on. I said, wow. We love him. Why? Because he behaved himself wisely. He behaved himself wisely. How many of you have been had your pride checked? And the thing you want to do is get it even and get on top of it and get your pound of flesh. If you do, you'll find yourself spiraling out of control and the situation getting worse and worse. Because that's how it works. If you'll learn from the spirit of David, the shepherd boy, and you'll behave yourself wisely in those moments when you're tested and tried and tempted to sin, you'll behave yourself wisely. You'll find out that God's way is perfect. It's past finding out, and God can be trusted. David behaved himself wisely, and I pray you will too. I pray I will. That's the kind of man I want to be. God help us.